0: Hi My name is Gabrielle Critchlow from A Step Ahead Tutoring Services. Welcome to the second episode of Hot Topics, where we talk real talk about things that are happening in education, employment, mental health, social services, or anything else steamy. So, our topic today is life as a parent. So, my guest with me today, who's going to help me out, his name is Malachi Davis. Let me tell you a little bit about him. So malachi is the co-founder of the mal the motivator brand he's a motivational speaker who has spoken at some of the most prestigious venues and institutions around the country in addition to motivational speaking he's also a mentor and a writer he's written articles for the long island press queen's courier canna foundation the nocturnal and one world fest global he's worked with the likes of congressman steve israel NBA player Tobias Harris and NBA agent Torrell Harris. He majored in creative writing at New England College, where he was also the captain of the basketball team. And most notably, he was featured on the Ellen DeGeneres show as a guest due to his writing ability. He's done voiceovers and has even helped to work on an ad that was featured on
1: three billboards
0: in Times Square. So Mr. Davis, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome.
0: All right. So let's get started. So you have an interesting story about life as a parent. Please tell us about it.
1: I'm a dad to a three-year-old girl. Her name is Ava Rain Davis. And I'm definitely part of that girl dad hashtag that a lot of people have been doing lately, you know, since Kobe having all those girls and stuff like that. Being a young parent, I had her when I was twenty six. So, you know, relatively young. But um I grew up in a single parent household. So I was raised by my mom. Um I had a relationship with my dad, but you know, we would go years without talking sometimes and then seeing him was very sparse so my mom is really the person who i credit with raising me just being a dad myself and having certain experiences that i had with my own father i just wanted to make sure that i was the best dad that i could be i wanted my daughter to always know that i'm near and and just feel that with her every step of the way
0: awesome so you mentioned that you were raised by a single parent so can you talk a little bit about that
1: um absolutely I think for me, it was a little different than some other people's stories. I know a lot of people talk about being raised by a single parent, and it's kind of like they felt different coming up, or they saw their friends with dads and grew up in households where their parents were married, so it made them feel ostracized. For me, it really wasn't so much like that. I always tell people my mom did such a good job making me just feel loved, that I never really felt like anything was missing. You know, I never was embarrassed when it would just be my mom at parent-teacher's nights and stuff like that. And just watching my mom be strong. I think I learned a lot about fortitude, perseverance, strength. Watching my mom, you know, as a single mother, get her masters, just go on and do so many things. And she never really allowed that to stop her. Being a single parent, she still made sure that to be successful and and do her own endeavors, but she still made sure she was a great mom. She um, raised me to the best of her ability and I never really felt like I was missing anything, not living with my dad.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier that you've spoken to your dad before, but you didn't really have great relationship. Is that right? Right, Can you you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I I just think that well, for one, we didn't live together, so that already creates a certain type of distance. Not being raised in a household with him, and he had you know certain beliefs that may have differed my mom's beliefs. So when I would be around him, there would he didn't necessarily agree with. Also, just time there would be long stints where I, we wouldn't speak at all. I wouldn't hear from him, Um, sometimes two years, three years. So just having the inconsistency of a relationship. So there would be times where, you know, I felt like, all right, this is cool. Or, you know, I may spend a couple weekends with him and then there might be a stretch where we don't really speak at all or something happens or he has a disagreement with my mom. And now it's like, we don't, we go from, you know, having somewhat of a relationship to not really speaking at all. So I think that inconsistency just made things very weird. That was something that I always wanted to make sure that my daughter didn't experience, just the inconsistency. Like, you know, sometimes, my dad is there and sometimes he's not and I just feel like that's a very unstable way to live or have a relationship where you don't really know what's next you know one minute we could be cool and then the next minute we have a fallout of disagreement I don't hear from you for a couple years so that was kind of the basis of our relationship
0: and I imagine that because you had that kind of unstable rocky relationship with him that it affected the way that you parent your daughter. Is that fair to say?
1: Absolutely. In a positive way, though I would say. Um, I think I always tell people you can either learn two things from adversity. One, you can succumb to the adversity and be the thing that you hated or the thing that you didn't care for. Or you can look at what you didn't have and then correct what you saw and be better. So I feel like I chose to look at the things that I didn't like per se, or the things that made me feel a certain type of way that I knew weren't positive, And I just wanted to exchange and adjust that. So I knew that, all right, I may not have the best model of what to do, but I do have the best model of what not to do. And I just implemented the things that I know I wanted as a child, or you know, as a young kid. And I try to make sure that those are things that I implement in my relationship with my daughter.
0: Well, since you have a daughter, I'm wondering, is would it be different if you had a son? Like, would there be certain ways that you would act to, like, are you acting the way you're acting because you have a girl as opposed to a boy?
1: I don't think it would necessarily be different in terms of my approach, because it would just be me kind of doing the same things, like just trying to be there, trying to make sure that the consistency is there make sure that. There's never a time where they don't feel loved or they don't feel wanted. But I think the only difference with a son would just be that it would be more of a mirror to me and my dad because I, you know, obviously was a boy. So I just think it would be more of a reflection of like, you know, the pride that men have when they have sons, you know, that to carry on their legacy. Not saying that your daughter can't do that. But just, you know, your daughter gets married, she takes her husband's last name. Your son gets married, he, he keeps that last name and passes it on to his children and things of that nature. So I just think as far in terms of that part, it would be different. But as far as like my approach and the things that I would do, I think it would it would still be the same thing. Just trying to be a nurturer, trying to make sure that he was feeling loved and that there was never a question of the consistency of his father. So when you say feeling loved, what does that look like? For me, I just think consistency is important with children. When a child, because I always say to people that you can tell a person that you love them until you're blue in the face, but your actions are what's really important. I think children associate consistency and being there with love. I know I did as a child. You know, part of the main reasons why I felt so loved by my mom was the consistency. She was always there. Thick and thin. No matter what adversity she and I faced, I knew I could always count on her, you know, and that was love to me. There's never going to be a time, there's never going to be a situation that'll make my mom not be there in any capacity. Like, she's always going to be there 100%. She's always going to sacrifice. And I just think the other thing that I, uh, you know, associated with love, what I feel is important with love, is just sacrificing. And I know my mom made a lot of sacrifices being a single parent, you know. For one, she was pregnant with me at 22 years old, so she was very young. You know what I mean? Like It, was, it wasn't like she was an older woman, a young woman. So it's like she didn't really have the opportunity to kind of enjoy her 20s because she was being a parent. When her friends were clubbing and partying and enjoying their early 20s, she was hustling, trying to make ends meet, trying to make sure that I was okay. I had good clothes, food in my stomach, a, roof over my head. So I, I always associated that with love as well. Just knowing, you know, my mother will sacrifice anything to make sure I'm happy. That was one of the, the main things that I tried to take from my mom and incorporate in me being a parent is just knowing like, I'll make whatever sacrifice has to be made for my daughter. And I know that she'll appreciate that in the long run when she gets older and realizes that, you know, life isn't easy. And sometimes those sacrifices meant sacrificing my own happiness to make sure she's happy. But I feel like as a parent, that's what you do. And that's true, unconditional love.
0: That's good. That's awesome. Well, applying to today's day and age, what fears do you have raising a girl in this day and age?
1: There's a lot. (laughs) I think that social media, entertainment, reality TV has really tainted the image of what it is to be a lady. So, you know, I also have sisters and uh, my little sisters are teenagers. So like I kind of see the influence of like the Cardi B's and, you know, these different entertainers that kind of promote a certain thing and the, the sexualization of certain things. I know that it's definitely a fair mom, because I know as a father, just being as protective as I am of my daughter, I don't really want that influence to affect her, you know? And I know it's kind of like inevitable that at some point she's gonna be into that type of stuff and, She's going to be on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, certain things just are out of my control. But I just hope to be able to raise her in a way where she's aware of, you know, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what's respectable, how she should carry herself. I think all of those things are very important, integral when it comes to raising a young woman. Because I do know that it's not easy in this you know, day and age where everything is just so... I think social media for me, I think, is what really made things a lot different. Because when I was coming up, it wasn't so social media driven. You know, like we didn't have the Instagram and the Facebook and, you know, all of these things that young kids have access to. So there were a lot of things that we weren't seeing and that we were sheltered from. Whereas now, as soon as you're old enough to get on the computer, you're kind of, you have access to these things. So, you know, my fear is just, well, I wouldn't say fear, but my my concern is just that her upbringing will be strong enough to not get sucked up in some of the things that she will come across like.
0: And her mom is in the picture, right? I know it's you and yeah. your wife.
1: Yes, yes, right? absolutely.
0: So there is that two parent household for her. Where right. as opposed to you have the the one parent household. So yeah. how do you think things are different with having a two-parent household as opposed to a one parent household?
1: Um if I think there is a difference. Well, there's definitely a difference. I'll say I believe the biggest difference is people don't really listen to what you say, they watch what you do. So I feel like it's way more effective to be the example of what you're trying to like get across to someone that's are trying to portray than they just say. it. So it's like, for example, if I'm a drug dealer and you know I'm poisoning my community, but I'm trying to tell the youth, listen, don't do this, don't do that. They're, they're not gonna hear my message if my actions don't display what I'm saying. So it's like, the first thing they'll say is, or well, you're a hypocrite. How could you tell us not to do this if you're doing it? But if I'm living a life where I'm not doing that, I'm only giving back, they only see me doing positive things, my message will be a lot more, you know, effective just based off of what they see because now it's like, all right, well, I see what he's doing in the community and I can model myself after that. So I feel like it, it's the same thing with everything in life. And as a parent, when you're showing your child a healthy relationship and they're able to see their parents loving each other and working together and just raising them as a team, they automatically aspire to be like that because that's all they know, that's what they see. So that's what becomes normal the same way dysfunction can become normal. So if you grow up, you don't have both parents in your household and you're growing up and seeing certain things, that dysfunction becomes a normality. So now you start to live like that because that's all you know. And you're just mimicking what you see, what you go through on an everyday basis. So I think the biggest thing with her having, you know, her mom and I in the same household, raising her together, is she'll have an example right in her own household of what it should be like and what it's supposed to be like. And that's where she'll differ from, with, with, you know, me and anybody else who grew up with a single parent and didn't really have the functional two-parent household marriage, seeing their parents loving each other. And I just think that all of those things are great visuals for the person, you know, cause I do have friends that grew up that way and, you know, they got married early because they saw that. So getting married was normal to them. Whereas to me, It wasn't so much as of a normality. So that was something that I I have to seek on my own. You know, it wasn't like, oh, well, that's normal because I saw it. And that's why I'm, you know, just doing it because I'm following what I I saw in my upbringing. So I, I just feel like I'm happy to know that she has a walking visual of the right way to do things.
0: That's awesome. That's absolutely amazing.
1: So there was an
0: interesting thing that we talked about in our preliminary meeting and that because you were raised with a single parent that makes you want to be more of a parent to your daughter. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: I grew up knowing what I always wanted and It wasn't like I didn't see it other places because like I said, I did have friends that had both parents and I would go over their house and see what it was like to, you know, be in a household with the mom and the dad or a functioning team. And those were things that I would see and be like, wow, you know, that's cool. That's really dope. I think me knowing that that was something that I kind of longed for, it made me work 10 times harder to make sure that when I did have a child, she would have that so i feel like me growing up in a single parent household just kind of pushed me to do better and be better because it's like when you know what something feels like and you know that something's dysfunctional as a parent naturally you always want the best for your kids so it was uh, just a natural adjustment for me to say you know what I i want her to have better i want to do better i want her to experience better and I don't really want her to grow up with some of the dysfunctional things that I grew up with. And that's not even just the single parent situation. That's anything that I've gone through that I feel like was dysfunctional or might've deterred me from doing better. It's like, I don't, I don't want her to experience anything. You know, I feel like that's the point of life is that with each generation, you're supposed to get better. So, you know, my mom passed the talks to me. So there's certain things that my mom went through that she do not want me to go through. And then, I'm supposed to pass the torch to my daughter and so on and so forth. And I think that that's the essence of family, you know, just knowing that you want to make sure that you're equipping the next generation with the tools to do better than you did. So, you know, that was just like a natural thing for me, you know, knowing I don't want her to get accustomed to this abnormality of not having both her parents and she's only seeing me sometimes. And. There's no consistency to our relationship, and you know sometimes we're wrong, and sometimes we're off. I wanted it to be like no, my dad is always there. I know I can always count on him. he, he lives with me, he takes me to school. he's very you know active and integral in my growth and development, so you know it's just about that for me
0: right and and I hear that I hear you want better, you want more. you don't want her to right. have the same relationship with her father being you as you did with your own father. So with that said, what kind of parent do you think you are right now?
1: I think I'm a, a great parent. Obviously there's there's things that I can improve on, not so much in my relationship with her, but just in life in general, you know, cause there's certain things that I want her to always know just for like, like life lessons and stuff like that. Cause obviously, There's certain traumas that I've experienced that make it that I'm a certain type of way. You know, like we all have to heal. Mental health is important. Dealing with certain traumas are important. So I feel like in that way, this I still have some work to do. But in terms of my relationship with her, like you know, we're great. I spend a lot of time with my daughter. You know, she's really a a daddy's girl. Like we go to the park. We go to movies. We have little lunch dates. Like we, we do a lot. I know that she feels the love. She feels the affection. That's something that she'll never have to question with me because it's like she, she's well aware of, you know, how much I love her just by my actions and just by me being it. You know, like that's half the battle, just being it. And then the rest is just you doing the right thing while you're there. And, um, I feel like I've done, a great job i try to be the same type of parent my mom was with me when it comes to just being affectionate and loving and i I feel like i had a great blueprint from my mom so i'm kind of just you know following that blueprint really and then just trying to incorporate all the things that i learned from her and just the village that raised me because you know they always say it takes a village and i definitely had a lot of, you know, great examples of my life. You know, uncles, my grandfather, uh, my aunts. My, you know, my grandfather was one of six, so he has five sisters. So, you know, all of them were very ancient in my upbringing. Uh, my great-grandmother, so I definitely had a great village to kind of show me certain things and stuff like that. So I was, I definitely say I, I'm a great dad.
0: That's awesome. So... I also want to point out that it's about having male role models. Since you didn't right. really have a consistent one, is that right. you had basketball, so you were able to find right. those missing male role models? Right, right. Talk, talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, yeah. So, um, I I played basketball from I would say like fifth grade all the way up until college. Uh, I was actually ranked in the country and in the state. And I definitely had a lot of coaches that stepped up to the plate and um, were great male figures, you know, and basketball is like that, you know, because when you're a coach, it's like you're leading a lot of young men and you spend a lot of time with your coaches, you know, you're traveling, you're on the road, you're basically with your coach all summer, you know. AAU your, your is like all, literally the whole summer, so spending so much time with my coaches they definitely had a huge impact and I you know I was lucky enough to have a lot of coaches that didn't just look at me as a you know as an item or as an asset in terms of oh he's a great basketball player they you know they looked at me like you know this is a young man and as a male and a lot of my coaches were African American males they like you know I have to lead and and show him you know, what it's supposed to look like and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, a lot of kids that I played with were in the same, you know, similar situations because a lot of the kids that end up being really good in basketball are like kids from impoverished areas that come from single parent households and stuff like that. So there was always um, a lot of great male role models that I had. And even though it wasn't necessarily my dad, I definitely had good, you know, male role models come, even my, my mother's father, you know, my grandfather, he was a great man, you know, was married to my grandmother. My grandmother, unfortunately, passed when I was four years old. But, you know, they were married. They bought a home together. They were homeowners. They raised my mom, my uncle, my aunt. And, you know, that was a, even a great example just seeing my grandfather and how he was with my mom and my aunt and my uncle. He wasn't the most affectionate. <laughs> person in the world he was definitely like a, a drill sergeant but in terms of just being a present father financially making sure you know all of them were good paying for them to go to school all of those things were definitely things that resonated with me and stuff I saw and I' say you know I want to be like that you know I want to be able to pay for my daughter to go to college and that's not a problem and she knows that that's something she could count on me for so yeah I definitely had a great village and a lot of good male role models and passion, you know, my, my uncle, my great grandfather. So I definitely had something, you know.
0: That's awesome. The fact that what you were missing, you were able to find in other ways and, yeah. you know, and you were able to get that balance, you know, you can pass that balance on to your daughter. Absolutely. So now, I mean, she's three now, she's young. What's going to happen when she hits puberty and when she's nine years old, 10, 11?
1: Oh man, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I have two sisters and they're a lot younger than me. So I kind of experienced it with them. So that was like good practice, but it's definitely not anything I'm looking forward to, you know, after going through it and sharing it with my sisters. But fortunately I have her mom who is a woman who will be able to relate to what it's like to be a woman at that age. My mom and I are very close. So I have her, my two sisters, and you know, there's a lot of, I'm gonna be honest, like I always make a joke and say, we need more testosterone in my family because there's so many women. Like I said, my grandfather has five sisters. My mom, my aunt, you know, I think I'll be okay because I have all of that woman influence and they were all young women at one point. So they kind of know the ins and out of that. And I'm not above asking for help. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not that like prideful person that'll be like, you know, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. Like, no, I know they have more experience in that field than I do. So I I definitely don't mind reaching out, getting assistance. We we should be all right. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely not looking forward to it.
0: Right. And she has... Your daughter has all those female Absolutely. role models. Mm-hmm. So what about male role models? How's that department?
1: She should be good. I feel like I surround myself around a lot of positive men. So, you know, she has her godfathers, my uncle, my grandfather, her great-grandfather, mm-hmm. you know, just different cousins and stuff like that. Because so, like I come from a big family, so there's like a lot of us. So I feel like she'll be more than okay, you know, just being around and engulfed. And that's the thing too. We're very close distant family. So like my family, we have functions all the time. We have cookouts, we, we have game nights. So we're always around each other. So it's like, she'll always be surrounded by that nucleus of different men. Like I said, my grandfather, my uncle, my good friends that are like her uncles and stuff like that. So she'll, have, she'll definitely have a balanced dose of both. That's awesome.
0: So are you ever concerned with women get their the idea of the type of men that they want based on? their father so are you ever concerned about what kind of model you're setting yourself and what kind of men do i want my daughter to to be around and to have in her life
1: well definitely i know that i wouldn't say so much concern but definitely cognizant of it like i definitely try to make sure that i'm giving off an example because obviously like you said i do know that that you know you''re your child's first like role model so whatever she sees me do is most likely what she's gonna feel as the standard so i definitely want to make sure that i'm setting the example and showing her these are the things that you shouldn't accept these are the things that you should accept you know these are the standards that you should have when you're looking for a husband and stuff like that yeah those are definitely important things for me and obviously surrounding myself with people who are like-minded so that when she's around them it's the same thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely cognizant of that because uh, I do know that that's the first example they get. that. Uh, yeah, I try to make sure I'm setting the right example.
0: Like what? What kind of qualities do you want your daughter to find in a partner?
1: Supportive, loving, intelligent, grounded, family-orientated, understanding. Financially, definitely someone who can provide. I don't want to make that such an important thing because I know that at times you can be with someone who's financially stable, but they're horrible. You know, they're a horrible person. They're not there for you emotionally. They're not there for you mentally. So I feel like, you know, although that's something that I want her to look at, I don't want to make that the most important thing, but definitely love the emotional support the understanding and just the willingness to be able to build and understand each other because I know in a relationship that's very important just being able to understand your partner. You know, you're going to bump heads sometimes, there's going to be adversity but you just have to always be willing to talk and communicate and be willing to, you know, make adjustments together because nobody's perfect. You know, no relationship is perfect. So I just don't to have that with somebody that she can know like this person loves me, he understands me, he cares for me. He's willing to, you know, make adjustments. He's willing to talk. He's willing to just be an emotion of stability to me.
0: And also someone consistent who will definitely. be there. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: So what advice would you give to, to parents out there?
1: In terms of like just raising a child? Yes. I would just say be the example that you want get kids to follow like you can't depend on TV for that you can't depend on social media for that you can't depend on other people for that you have to be The example that you want to see, so it's like you can't have a dysfunctional marriage and want your child to be in a functional marriage. You know, you have to be the example. Like I said, the first example they see, and the most important. So I would just say, just try to live out all of the things that you're gonna end up telling your kids. Because being a hypocrite is tough, and people read that. You know, I know I did as a kid. It was like I said earlier, it was very tough for somebody to tell me something when their lifestyle was totally opposite of what they were telling me. The most important thing is just so I just think that living what you preach it so that way when your kid hears it they cannot just hear it from you but they can also see it from your action I would just say also just being understanding I think that's another thing that's very important with children like children go through a lot young you know their hormones and just certain things that they might not understand. So just being understanding and not, because I know a lot of parents, especially like in my era of being a child, parents can be very judgmental sometimes, you know, and sometimes that's not the answer. That'll just push your kid further away from you. So just trying to be an understanding parent that allows their kid to feel comfortable and feel like they're in a comfortable space and talking to you. You can reprimand them, you can be stern with them, but also just be understanding and loving That is awesome
0: advice. And I'll ask this one last question and then we'll start to wrap it up. So, I mean, I know your daughter's three. So if, let's say she were a little older and I went up to her and I said, you know, what do you think of your dad? What do you think she would tell me?
1: She would probably say. My dad is really funny because we're jokesters. Like we're seeing our like two comedians together. She'll definitely say that she loves me a lot. She, you know, she says that now she'll definitely say that I'm supportive. And I think she'll definitely appreciate, you know, how I love her mom. You know, he sees me be affectionate on mom. She sees me talking to her mother in a gentle way. She doesn't really see us hard, not cursing at her mother. And like I said, I'm doing the opposite of certain things that I, so it's like, she'll definitely be able to say like, you know, my dad is a great example and uh, just that he loves me. I know that there's no way she could ever question that.
0: Right. And the fact that you took your experiences especially with your own father and you're applying it to your experience now as a right. child. And you brought up something earlier that was really interesting. Like you learned from your father what not to do. And that right. in itself is a lesson.
1: Absolutely. And I, honestly, I'm big on forgiveness. So it's like, even now I would never... Down to my dad to my daughter. So, like, if he wants to have a relationship, like a second chance for me or, or another shot at parenthood, then I would welcome that. There's no animosity in terms of that. So, even that aspect, because I know that's important too, you know, having a grandfather, because I did. I had a grandfather and that kind of helped when I wasn't really in touch with my dad and stuff, having two grandfathers that were awesome. Although I didn't always have a relationship with my dad, I always had a relationship with his parents, both of them. That was very, integral too, to know that, you know, it might not be from him, but I'm feeling the love and the consistency from that side of him. But it's coming from my grandfather, my grandma.
0: And what you didn't find with one parent, you're able to find another parent. Right. So there's more than one type of relationship that you can have.
1: Yes, exactly. And honestly... And even in negative relationships or relationships that may be a little dysfunctional, there are bright spots in it. I would never say that, like, there's not a lot of things that I didn't learn from my dad. Like, my father's a very intelligent man. So, the time that I did spend with him, he definitely dropped a lot of jewels on me. There's a lot of things that he said to me that I still use now as a 29 year old man. So, I'll say life is ups and downs. You know, you just have to find a balance. I know that. There's probably reasons that he wasn't able to be, you know, type of father that... Because I don't think my father didn't want to be a great father. You know what I mean? Like, I I know my father loved me and wanted me. You know, my mother makes sure to always tell me that. I just think sometimes life, circumstances, traumas make it that either succumb to them or you rise above. Them. And fortunately, sometimes you succumb to them. Like I said, like, I'm always open to have that line of communication where he could definitely have a relationship with his granddaughter if that's what he wanted like i would never deny him and i would never speak badly about him to her
0: good and, and that makes you and you ended up the better person and that makes you a strong person and which of course you can teach to your daughter about how to be a strong person a strong woman at that absolutely awesome all right, so thank you so much for this interview. That wraps Good it up fun. for today. So, thank to you. our viewers, you can find Malachi on Facebook under Malachi Davis. His name is M A L A C H I. Last name is D A V I S. You could also find him on Instagram. His account name is Mal underscore the motivator. So, it's M A L underscore T H E. M-O-T-I-V-A-T-O-R. And his Twitter account is M-A-L-Y-M-A-L-92. So that's at MallyMal92. And he is, of course, a motivational speaker. So if you are looking for a speaker for your event, for a conference, whether it's, well, are you speaking in person?
1: Um. Yes, I am doing that now. I still do both. I did a virtual graduation recently. I was the keynote speaker and they had two separate graduations. So instead of having me come in because of the fact that like there's still COVID restrictions to a certain extent, they had me just do it virtually, but I have also done in-person speaking engagements since the restrictions have kind of been lifted to a certain extent. So I'm, I'm definitely doing both. Where are you located? I'm in New York, so I'm anywhere. Uh, Long Island, I've done events, Brooklyn, Queens, all of the boroughs. And I've also done stuff out of state. So I've spoken at Boston College, New England College in New Hampshire, Worcester College in Massachusetts. So it's really no limit. In Los Angeles, I've done speaking engagements. So it's really wherever you are, you know, willing to come and, you know, work things out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So if you're looking for in-person speaker, you just heard him. He's willing to travel anywhere in the country. So looking for somebody in person, virtual, he's definitely available. Just send him an email at malymal329 at gmail.com. That's M-A-L-Y-M-A-L 329 at gmail.com. Mr. Davis, thank you so much for coming on today. This was awesome. No problem.
1: Thank you, Gabby. I appreciate it.
0: Yes. And thank you to our viewers for joining us today. Please check out our YouTube channel for more videos and clips and don't forget to subscribe. So please tune in next time. That's all for today. Signing off. Bye.